Bro, do you still have dreams about being on high school football team at Colleen? Every once in a while, it's strange. I do it's like, too. It's so strange. It's like, dang, I'm on the bench again. <laughs> <laughs> you fool, man. <laughs> You are now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my brother, my friend, my ace, my guy, the other half of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast, Dane Beasley, my guy. How are you doing, bro? Pretty good, all things considered, bro. We got a little rain last night. Some thunderstorms, the lights went out three times, all with all for like half a second. But the worst thing about it, you ask, I was in the middle of the game, mm. beating, the, beating the piss out of uh, the team that I played in the national championship the year before. I was playing Nevada. Uh-huh. Um, obviously beat him in the natty. Then I rescheduled him for the first game of the season the following year, and I was up. I'm not going to say, you know, 76 to 8, but, you know, whatever. I was up 76 to 8 in the third quarter and. <laughs> Dang, yeah, that's. And, that's... Yeah, I, ain't cut, I ain't cut the game back on since because I was like, man, I. Yeah. I finally hooked my brother up with the college football revamp. Did he tell you? Oh, no. Well, I ain't, yeah. we, I ain't been on yeah. a minute yeah, on yeah, PS5. It's he'll, been. A, he'll, it's been he'll, yeah, he'll tell you next time. Like, I, cause I went home this weekend. My mother's birthday uh, was yesterday, August first. Happy, happy birthday, birthday mama! And anniversary <laughs> with her, and my dad. Birthday anniversary. Yeah. Birth anniversary. Yeah. So uh, we had a lot of family come in from out of town. My, a lot of my mother's sisters that she hadn't seen in years. Actually, it was the first time that my mother and her all of her sisters were together at the same time since their mother passed. So it was great. Uh, it was a great, great moment. Yeah, very Beautiful. emotional, but all in all, um, she loved it. She enjoyed it. Um, it was great to see a lot of family and friends and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I got to hook him up with uh, the because he had to go get his Xbox mod and got sent back, and I helped How long him did set it, take it up overall. The well, mod process. It would have well for him. He sent off the Xbox. That part took like a week to get back, but the the toughest part was setting up the mod itself after you get it modded just because you have to have the right PC. Like my brother didn't have the right PC. So I had to go to my dad's house and do it. And his internet is like, not like mine is as far as speed. So uh, we finally got it done, but uh, he's enjoying it so far and you know how much he's been fiending for it. So shout out to you both. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was like, I'm gonna have to tell Dave because he he told me you said to uh, let him know how it is. Yeah, That's he, why we heard from because uh, he be my lab rat. Yeah, he uh, he's uh, far into it so far, but man, yeah, uh, it, it's been it's been good. Definitely great to go home and visit the family and stuff. But we are on episode 56, the uh, Derek Johnson episode. You remember Derek Johnson, bro? Yeah, bro. I remember Derek Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Episode 56 of the duo, man. We want you to go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe, all that, all that jazz. Give us five stars on Apple and a great review so we can get our podcast to other listeners of the duo. 
Yeah, man. So, Dane. Episode uh, 56, the Lawrence Taylor episode, that is. Lawrence Taylor. Hey, that's that's even like, better. Yeah, the LT. Without the code. The LT. Episode. <laughs> 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 well, actually, no. <laughs> the coke was probably necessary. <laughs> it was the 80s. Everybody was doing it. No, I'm playing. Sound like Eddie Murphy. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like Eddie Murphy joke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, since our last episode, man, the Lakers making making some power moves trying to get back to the ship, man. They got Russell Westbrook trading Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Hero, KCP, and uh, a pick to Westbrook on draft night. What you think, man? A bunch of bombs out there. We got them all out of there. Some of the guys, I mean, obviously, the one that hurt, not hurt me the most was Caruso, but obviously, you know, he leaves yeah. on his own power and will. That was cool to see him get heading to the big, Bulls. Yeah. Get those big bucks. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I wait to see. Um, obviously, they, you know, the guys that they added, uh, I mean, this would be nice if it was like, oh, 2012 or something, but, um, you know, <laughs> It is what it is. I'd prefer more shooters, but maybe they have yeah. something else in the works, but I don't know. Um, we'll see where it goes. I'm not at all super excited. It's cool if it works out. If not, it just looks it looks sad. It looks sad. So I think it's cool for sure to have Russell come back to his, you know, home state, to hometown LA. to uh yeah, to try to get a championship. I feel like LeBron is on that path to like get everybody a ring. Okay. Picking the homies up. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, the, ho- the one homie that works at the uh, the fast food joint. So he's coming in and, you know, getting like 18 boxes of pizzas and he's like, all right, bro, that'd be, thir- that'd be $13.18. He's like, huh? $13.18. Yeah. Shout out to him. I, man, I, w- so. I wouldn't be surprised at some point that you see a, a move where Melo signs like the league. <laughs> the league uh, minimum to, you know, try to get a ring. Cause I, oh I feel like gosh. at this point, you know, I think, I don't know, man, I, I think it's a good move in the fact that Dennis Schroeder last year, he wasn't who they thought he would be in, in the playoffs regular season. He was okay, but playoffs wasn't what they wanted from him, you know, replacing Rondo. And I know Rondo wasn't all that, but on the defensive end, he made plays for playoffs, the Lakers on that championship run. Yeah. And he was he, hitting shots like, yeah. yeah. Locking, locking so, fools up too, so you know, right? And you know, Westbrook. One thing I think is a good move for the Lakers, as far as Westbrook allowing, like you know, LeBron. We've seen for the first time in his career where you know he was injury, not injury prone, but yeah. you know he had some injuries he, that sidelined him. You he had see, to sit for a little while, yeah. And you know, you can attribute that to having the shortened off season, but as well, mm-hmm. you know, he's going in the year what seventeen, eighteen, right. and Eight, he's not the same as he was years ago. So having that uh, other option, you know, AD wasn't as healthy as he was before. Um, Westbrook wasn't even healthy, but if you know, if he stays healthy, it gives LeBron the opportunity to rest more on the bench and things of that nature. But I one love, thing that I love I, Westbrook because he's aggressive yeah, and he's, he's well, consistent. Yeah. And that's what I was going to go into. Consistently buns, or he's going to be consistently getting buckets. So, <laughs> yeah, and what, and that, yeah, you go into my next point. Like whatever he is doing, he's <laughs> always going one hundred and ten percent. You're never going to see him take a playoff. You're never going to see him not give his full effort. And that's like one of the best attributes of Westbrook compared to all the other stars in the NBA. So, um, overall, I think it could be a good move. But like you said. Um, one thing that plagued the Lakers last season is a lack of shooting. So maybe they can still make a move. Um, free agency just started today as we were recording, uh, this afternoon at five. And so 
there have been a lot of moves already made. Like you mentioned, Alex Caruso heading to Chicago. Lonzo Ball actually got traded to Chicago. And one of the bigger moves so far, uh, Kyle Lowry leaving the Toronto Toronto Raptors (laughs) heading to the Heat. Uh, I think in a sign and trade. So Gordon Dragic is heading to Toronto. I'm trying to read off Woj's page, which is basically <laughs> refreshing every five seconds because he's, you know, how Woj is yeah, with the bombs, bombs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, any any moves that you've seen so far in free agency? I know it's kind of early in the process. Me as a Mavs fan, it's 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 typical Mavs action, which means the there Kawhi is no action. No, nah, we we not. I'm not even gonna hype myself up for that because okay. one. It was rumored that he, you know, he opted out of the Clippers deal just to renegotiate with them. But the the other thing is, like I was about to mention, Ma- uh, the Mavs have always been a lack of big names coming. Like you, like right before free agency starts, you see these rumors like so and so are going to make or the Mavs are going to make a pursuit for this free agent this free agent then that time comes and it doesn't happen so it's kind of in the same boat where um as a math fan sitting here thinking like yeah i'm a, i'm not getting excited for anything to happen in the near future it's always been like i don't know why like you would think a destination like dallas would be a big one with you know not the state tax in texas playing with luca but that hasn't hit just yet <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's just ownership, something that hasn't been to quantifiable, you know. So maybe maybe it's something you have to look at down the road somewhere about why the the big D pause isn't uh, attracting the best talent. So you know, back in my mind, I, I want a move for 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 Dame Dame Lillard. But oh, I'm not going to get my hopes time. up. Look, I ain't got time to come play with your little, <laughs> little pickup basketball you got there over at American Airlines there. But, you know, it's cool. It's on my nah. name, Tom, a.k.a. Kronos. Kronos. Shout out to so You, saw, you finally watched it. We finished watching it today. We had to make sure we were watching it yesterday, and then it was late since bedtime, so we put in a statement, and then we finished watching it today. So. He, he so, was, do you excited. agree with my assessment from Space Jam? Too? I know yeah, we're getting man. off topic, people, but like people, people trip after after we finished the movie. Just looking back, like there was moments in the movie that were intentionally supposed to be corny, very, very intentionally supposed to be drawn out, wacky. It's a kids' movie. He has no concept of humor outside of getting tickled, and he was giggling and you know laughing and pointing at the screen throughout the entire movie, and it did exactly what we needed to do. Give us a break and provide him with some level of entertainment. Uh, it was fun. It was right. uh, and, really, and really cool for the kids. Obviously, yeah, for the kids. This obviously he's laughing, and me and you know, me and the wife we're sitting in the back laughing for other reasons because of how bad some of the acting is, and it's, it's that's funny to us though. Like yeah. when they got a little choked up, and you know, I'm not gonna spoil it. When they got a little choked up a few times, it was kind of just like, and then most importantly, when LeBron did the little troll face. We were, we lost mm-hmm. it. We, we we freaking lost it, but it was a good movie. We liked it. Right. We, we loved I it. Have, so I had my nephew over this weekend, and we didn't get to watch Space Jam too. But he wanted to he watch it. The, the Venom two trailer. I have. Did he he, I, did he, he, he didn't he didn't see the first Venom, so uh, he was kind of like he knows he knows Venom. He loves Spider Man, but it just wasn't. I don't know if he's not, ever. It's not, it's not gonna yeah. connect. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You might but yeah, we'll speak of the Venom, the Venom trailer later on, on in the episode. Put them on the few uh, few of the episodes of Spider-Man when they were actually clashing and then when they had to team up with oh, the old like, school Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not showing that. But we'll, we'll get to that at a later time. Like in, the, said, in the nerdy news segment. Nerdy news segment. But yeah, free agency, the NBA draft. Did you get to watch the draft at all? I watched bits and pieces of it. I mean, you know, we didn't have a stake in... I, in my opinion, we didn't have much of a stake in it, so I was like, ah, you know, just trying to make sure, yeah. make sure the Arlington, uh, the Arlington hopeful, you know, made his made his way, and they did the right thing in Detroit. So, yeah, right. for the most part, I, like everything went like how it was projected. Kate Cunningham heading to Detroit. Um, you had a couple of other guys. I know for you know my investment is a Baylor Bear with Davion Mitchell heading to Sacramento. Um, they you know, they got a good pick, so yeah, yeah, and and then my boy Jared Butler slid down to to the second round, which I can attribute that to you know he had the health, he had to get cleared medically, yeah. he wasn't clear for a while, and he really didn't get to work out for a lot of teams. But going to be a steal for somebody, yeah, he going to the Utah Jazz, like you got Mike Conley there, but he could be a, def, a definitely be a good piece, you know, coming off the bench. He's a great shooter that we've seen throughout the. Uh, NCAA tournament. And so I think that's a good a good piece for him. Uh Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga heading to Orlando. I think that's a great spot for him. They even just lost today. They <laughs> lost uh the team USA guy that destroyed Team USA, Evan Fournier, just signed with the Knicks today. So it's basically gonna be Suggs team down there in uh Walt Disney World area. This so it's, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he does his rookie year and how he can be the face of that franchise. But, um, yeah, NBA free agency going on right now. Not much going on as we I'm going I'm refreshing Woj's Twitter every now and then. But, yeah, heading to a football, Dane, Aaron Rodgers. NFL training camp started last week and you know throughout the offseason there's been some talk about if Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded was he going to retire yeah so you know he finally showed up to camp and he had some things to say man let's let's see what our guy A-Rod had to say man a lot of things that transpired this wasn't uh, you know a draft day thing you know this was uh, started with a conversation in February um, that the season ended. And I just expressed, you know, my desire to be uh, more involved in conversations directly affecting my job. Um, also, uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated. Um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room. And I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, uh, uh, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, uh, to play with our team and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. Uh, trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much. First reaction when you heard Aaron Rodgers going off like this, bro. First reaction, I was like, man, homie was dropping the nads, bro. Like, he, whole, like, it, yeah. So, 
But he said, <laughs> we all know why they're coming to the Green Bay. I thought about the scene from Temptations. Yes. Like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> they coming to see me. They coming to see the Temptations. <laughs> he said, ain't nobody coming to see you. Ain't nobody this. coming to see the Green Bay Packers. Bruh, but he didn't lie. He was calm. And the best thing about it was he set the record straight. So there wasn't any type of rumor circulating. There wasn't no type of he said, she said, and getting any type of mixed messages or, you know, him getting thrown under the bus from management. But he's a lot of the stuff that he said was true. And he stood by his words. And we we've, we've known plenty of times in the past that Aaron Rodgers was a man of the people. Um, he's shown that plenty of times. But to hear it this time, it was kind of just like this is somebody that if anybody can understand the context in which he was saying and what he was saying and who it was coming from. If that's coming from arguably one of the best quarterbacks that our generation has seen, I think I think anybody is well well worth listening to in, in a situation like that. So shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Devontae Adams as well. Uh, I know it's completely off topic. I'll come back to that later. But yeah, what, what about you? What are your first thoughts when you heard it? Yeah, man, kind of along with what you were saying, we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers' last episode with Chappelle. But when I start listening to it again, it reminds me because we, we kind of both agreed that this was their, well, Rodgers last year going with the Packers this season, then, you mm-hmm. know, trying to assess where he goes next year. So I kind of compare that to like, um, not probably not on this level, but like a worker going, knowing this is like his last week, he put in his two weeks notice and like really telling people off how he's been feeling for years. Like, mm-hmm. all right. And, you know, I'm not going to take like he know I think I'm not going to say like he wouldn't have done this had he signed a long term deal. But I feel like him signing a deal that, you know, is setting him up to be somewhere else next season is kind of like a telling off point, like, all right, this is why I'm mad about this situation. Like him telling people off during his two week notice kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and reminding them, reinforcing them. It wasn't about the money. You can yeah. throw Bolo's money. him, And he's like, that ain't what I'm trying to do. He's like, I'm trying to win. And in order to win, yeah. I need to be involved in particular certain decisions that are made. So yeah. My and bad. then the but first thing they did done. is trade it for Randall Cobb. Which, exactly like why did y'all do this the, why did y'all do this the first time why did they force y'all why did y'all have to go through this like this could have been I mean honestly this could have been bad for everybody else in the NFC like they could have been yeah. running it's not to say not to overrate Aaron Rodgers but we've seen what he's I mean I'm a Cowboys fan so I've seen what this man's capable of too many times so right like and you know at he, the beginning yeah. like of that press conference where he's naming those players it's like if you yeah. would have and I'm not necessarily Wilson. like keeping all of them, but right. from what he is saying, him having Getting kind of input. like a heads up and input on certain situations, maybe it wouldn't have gotten to this point where he is speaking on it and to a point where he's like, all right, I, I got to get out of here after this year. So if like, I feel like you got to get that guy this kind of, you know, respect as far as, I understand it's a business, but at the same time, this guy has been at the top of his game, face of your franchise ever since you left or you had another legend with Brett Favre. And he, he's gotten you a Super Bowl, probably should have gotten you more than one, <laughs> which kind of goes back to, you know, maybe some of these things he's addressing. Like maybe we could have been a better team. Maybe I could have gotten you more than one Super Bowl. If drafted a, I've gotten drafted more a wide input. receiver for you in the first round. Yeah, you know, so I think, uh, you know, we have some some 
wonderful Packers fans that listen to our podcast, which I hope they'd agree with us on this point that, you know, maybe he should have gotten some of, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he should have been the GM making all these decisions, but uh, at least kind of, all right, Aaron, we are thinking about doing this. How do you feel? We're thinking about making this move. How do you feel? Like, I feel like with most big stars, they get that input. Um, They do. I don't know. Well, like even – like did Tom your, Brady get kind of that input Peyton, in New England? Peyton, Peyton Manning, I know Peyton yeah. Manning did. I know yeah. Peyton Manning did. I'm sure there's no there's no type of oh the quick twitch running back guys. You know the assortment of running backs that Tom Brady had. That's mm-hmm. that that's not by accident. That's not by accident. The the type They're of all offensive, that same type of build. Yeah, the same type of build. The same type of uh, route running. The same type of just handling. That, that's that's not by accident. It's very intentional. There had to be some way, shape, or form like, hey, you know, if we can, you know, continue to bring in guys that you know are capable of being pass catchers and and you know situations that are you know stressful, then that'll be that'll be great type of deal. Like, it, this is in history. Like, this is come on. Yeah. Why would you? One, you have a great quarterback. Two, you pay this man a lot of money. Three, brought you a Super Bowl. Why would you go out of your way not to help him? build on to what he already has there. Like, foundationally, he's capable of carrying the team, but that can only go so far if you play the offense. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's it, And then for them, to, the whole idea that this is a business, but the business is to make money, and to make money, you have to get people to watch, and to get people to watch, you have to win. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it make sense to make sure your quarterback has the weapons he needs or just even listen to just listen to him. Make sure that he has even if he's not providing input, make him feel like he's part of the freaking team. Right. And it's just it's strange because the media has a role in this, too, by asking the right questions and asking the tough questions when they have those uh, opportunities to speak with not only the players, but with front office. But when Devontae Adams was was at the podium, you know, one of the. Presser, I don't know who it was that said, you know, would you be more inclined to um, – or he asked some sort of question about the idea of Devontae taking a pay cut in order to keep Aaron Rodgers there. And, and it's like dumbfounded. Yeah. Like, runs like, no, like that's not that's not how this works. Like, and he's, he's true. Him saving the team money, that's not his job. There are people that make means and means and means of dollars, probably born into means and means of dollars, who their sole – job description is to ensure that they pay players on the team. That is not his job to save the money and take hometown discounts. That's not how that works. You don't show up at a... Hey, let me get this right. You don't show up at... Let's say if you're a teacher. You, Ten mm-hmm. teachers show up and they say, well, guys, uh, due to budget cuts, uh, we actually are only going to be able to hire ten teachers this year. Um, so five of you guys have to be let go. That's not going to be... Ten of those teachers aren't going to be you know what, guys? Let's go ahead and... Uh, Let's take a let's take a pay cut. That's not how that works. No, yeah. nobody in their right mind is gonna gonna voluntarily take a pay cut and make you know a fraction of what they're making for the sake of correcting or looking looking right in the side of the media because of the mismanagement. It's been had a whole bunch of bad years, a whole bunch of bad spending habits, in a, or in cap hell. Like it's not how that works. But you know the fr- front yeah. offices around the league, not just the Packers, but front offices around the league, always try to make the the high earning players on the on the team look like bad guys for saying like, well, we'd love to pay all of our players, but you know when you have you know top ten earning players on the team, it's just kind of hard to spread the pie or you know leave pieces of the pie for everybody else. Like, nah, that's 
That's that's wrong. Yeah, how it works. That's, that's right. very wrong. But you know. I ask you this. I know a lot of players, one in particular that jumped out my mind, Kyler Murray kind of spoke out and tweeted. I think he tweeted or something about how he was impressed with how Rodgers, you know, addressed concerns with the organization. Do you think that we'll see this more with players and people or players that are franchise faces um, make these kind of statements? Or do we think this is more so Aaron Rodgers being fed up over all this time and him seeing himself out the door after this season? Um, I would hope so. I would hope so. And if and I hope that, uh, if it, you know, if this was Kyler Murray that's speaking, I hope he wasn't alluding to his organization because his organization has some problems of their own, uh, essentially calling one of their starting backers and telling them, hey, you won't be able to compete for the starting job. So that's a whole – I mean, obviously, it's a whole different issue, but I hope that it does empower other players to speak out and let them know that they have a lot more power than what they know they do. Um, essentially, if we can have an organization that has a lot of has a, a history of playoff successes, Green Bay, you have a quarterback like that that has a you know essentially one foot in, one foot out that's capable of speaking up like that. Hopefully, it lets other people know that they're capable of saying the same thing and just standing up, just having a voice. You're talking yeah. about essentially the alpha dogs of every team is typically the quarterback. And we see how they're neutered in front of the media. They're giving these robotic ass responses, you know, saying saying the right things, willingly throwing themselves underneath the bus to make sure that they are uh, uh, being not only respectful, but taking ownership of the team's failures. And even though we, we can pinpoint exactly where team L's take place, it's not always on the quarterback. But of course, you'd be the bad guy as the quarterback if you don't take credit for the losses. Yeah. Type of deal. So. Hopefully it does usher in a new, especially with these younger cats. These younger cats are a new breed. So hopefully it ushers in a new age of not only, you know, giving them the freedom and the ability to speak for themselves, but just that ownership of this is a player's league. It should be a right. player's league. Right. I agree with you, man. Staying in the quarterback news, man. Uh, new Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, I didn't think the injury was that bad at first. And then the reports that come out that he is going to have you don't surgery. Think the injury was that bad coming from <laughs> the coach? That's well, I know yeah. we've heard this. We've heard this so many times from the coach <laughs> in our lifetime, at least. I don't think the injury was that bad. Dot, dot, dot. Breaking news season ending, sir. Season ending, season ending injury. Wait, season ending. I'll get this out. Season surgery. ending surgery needed for <laughs> so and so. Copy and paste like like three times. I mean, off the top of my head, what Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, uh, who else had a like essentially career ending surgery because of mismanagement, and they try to downplay how bad an injury was, and then come to find out it was horrific. Like right. this has happened one too many times for the Indianapolis Colts. So right, and it. so yeah, Carson Wentz going to have a surgery to remove a bone in his foot. They haven't really said what the actual injury like terminology is, but he's going to be yeah. out uh, probably up to 12 weeks at the most. Um, probably at the worst time. You know, we're heading to training camp right now. Carson Wentz was, I mean, they were banking all on him. He came over from the Philadelphia Eagles to be the franchise guy. And, you know, Eagles fans are we we've seen this before from Eagle, like Eagles yeah. fans. That's their move, but at the same time, they're banking on and even that organization banking on him playing seventy percent, seventy five percent of the snaps, so they can get compensation, the highest compensation for him. But you're shaking your head. So far, it looks like Carson Wentz has made, made a glass, man. 
So look, man, I know how funny it is to make fun of Carson Wentz because how injury prone he is, you know, not even completing 20 yards of a uh, 20 yards of a pass in a playoff game versus the Yawks where he got knocked out of the game. I know it's funny to make fun of the guy, but in this sense, it, one is foolish on whoever gambled on it. And two, like, you got to remember, these guys are warriors, bro. The, essentially, the rumblings are that this is an injury that he sustained back in high school. And just over time, it is just something mm-hmm. that's something he's either played through, wasn't that serious, didn't require them as, you know, maintenance or whatever the case may be. Eventually, eventually something like that is going to come back and bite you. Um, unfortunately, in his case, it did. But at the same time, this is on the organization, um, whether it's through physicals or if it's something that's just re-aggravated over time, like that's that's on the organization. And hopefully they didn't, you know, obviously they, it seems like they mismanaged it because there's no way that you plan for something. You, there's no way you sign a cal- or sign. You make a trade for a quarterback like that, right? There's no way that you make that t- that type of trade for that quarterback and not do any type of homework like that. So this is on the organization. Um, unfortunately, this isn't the, if you're a Philly fan, this isn't the time to be you know saying ah I told you so because mm, yeah, it kind of bites you in the ass in terms yeah. of gra- draft compensation. So right. hopefully he you know has a speedy recovery and this isn't the last we heard of him. But it just sucks because this this particular organization. Um, unfortunately, we've seen this story play out so many times of them of an organization downplaying an injury and then turning out it's you know pretty bad. So right, and unfortunate for him, like it's not saying the season ending right now, which is good for him. But right, I mean, I, I and I don't know if you agree with me, but he was kind of set up for a success in Indy. They have a great O yeah. line history, amazing O line. You know, the defense. Got, they have a defense. They have weapons on the offensive side in the backfield as well. Like. Like if there's any situation where it was kind of perfect or near perfect for him, mm-hmm. it was this. And like for him to go yeah. down is, you know, unfortunate. So their backup is who in Indy? Uh dang, I just read it. I know the third string. I oh uh uh Jacob Eason Jacob from Eason. Washington. Yeah. And then third string is uh from Texas, Sam Ellinger. So I feel like at one at some point they're gonna try to sign a veteran to compete probably for their starting job while Carson is out. Don't know how long he'll be out fully, but they're sending up to twelve weeks. So um I mean, Colts fans, they can, man. They can play this right. The management if they see that he's, you know, not gonna be returning at full, you know, hundred percent strength, they can play this cards they play their cards right and not have to cough up another pick. So it's the Colts, <laughs> as dumbfounded as they are for, you know, letting this thing happen and play out the way that you think it did. they think it like that, though? <laughs> Boy, look, listen. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, 45, yeah, uh, 50 uh, points. Uh, 40, 40, 40. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, I'm going to tell you something. Carson Ka- Ka- Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, Chris McCree. Uh, no, nah, but real talk. If they're a smart organization, which I hope they are, you simply use these first few weeks to maybe you, you you test out and see what you got there in your defense. Your defense is a young, strong, consistent defense. We have a lot of ball players on that side of the ball, anchored by Darius Leonard and sky's the limit for him as well as some of the other the young the youth that they have on that team. So you can see what you have out there. If there's something that you can put together on offense to sustain Staying above 500, by all means, do what you do. But as a front office, 
there's no reason to shoot yourself in the foot, rush him out there before you need to. And then, of course, that, that's important. Yeah. Re-injuring or making the situation worse. So this is the opportunity for the not only the front office, but also the coaching staff to see what they're made of and what they're capable of. So, yeah, we'll see. Hoping for a speedy recovery for Carson Wentz, but not too speedy where, like you said, he could re-aggravate it. This next yeah, story, Dane, we'll you brought to my attention. Um, Cardinals linebacker Jordan Hicks said GM Stephen Keim called him a few days after driving Xavion Collins to tell him he couldn't compete for the inside linebacker job. Hicks respected the honesty, but was frustrated at the chance and job being taken away. Have you ever seen – I don't feel like I've ever seen – like a GM tell you you're not starting like a GM in like personnel as far as getting the personnel I, I've seen it but I've never seen them as far as depth chart wise affect what's going on with the roster aside from quarterback one of the most difficult jobs um, or correction opposite of the quarterback on defense essentially you're responsible your Mike or your entire linebacker or we want to call it responsible for getting everyone lined up making sure that everyone is in the right place, uh, making sure your teammates, no one's leaving someone out hanging to dry. You're the, the, you're the guy that's typically mic'd up. <laughs> no pun intended. So <laughs> to hear that, not only as a veteran, but as an established player, from a front office standpoint, for someone to tell you, you, you have no opportunity to get the starting role because of this guy we just you know brought in from, was it? Tulsa? I believe it's Tulsa, Saban Collins. Yeah, he's from Tulsa. I believe it's from Tulsa. From Tulsa. Now, Saban Collins is a beast. He's going to have, I mean, based on what we've seen from what he you know, was able to produce in college, he's going to have a pretty lengthy career. He's one of your old school linebackers. One of your old school, one of the guys that you, you uh, Mr. Epps is going to be like, oh, that, that, that's like one of the guys I played in high school. Like, he's one of the old school type <laughs> linebackers. So right. for you to say for you to say that type of thing, like and again, you have no idea what this young man is capable of yet. Not to say that he's going to be a buster thing, but you know what you have. You have years and years of tape on a veteran linebacker. Putting all versus, those chips already on this guy. Exactly. Not only, and I didn't think about that. Putting that type of pressure on a on a, a young unproven linebacker in in a league, a pass heavy league that you, you're you have to wear more than one hat. You have to wear more than one hat in this league as a defender. So I don't know. It, it not only puts the sour taste in, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I have nothing invested in it, obviously, but it just speaks to the culture there that's already established. If you're not even capable of, you know, fighting for the opportunity to have a job, but you're being told that somebody that's just drafted automatically is handed the job. What's the what's the point? What type of message mm-hmm. does that send to the other teammates? What is that? What kind of message does that send to the locker room? And what type of message does that send to the coaching staff? That I mean, I'm assuming they don't have the power to make those type of moves or sit him down and let him learn from veteran leadership. So it's just strange to me. But at the same time, it's like <laughs> the NFL is a business. But like again, yeah. we talked about earlier the business model. If it's a business, the idea is to make money. To make money, you have to have viewership, and the viewership brings you money. But at the same time, it's like nobody's going to want to watch your product if you're losing games. So, right. Uh, Even uh, Ch- Chandler Jones not too long ago requested a trade from the Cardinals. So maybe that kind of he's kind of probably seeing the writing on the wall, trying to figure out a spot for him. I'm not sure if this. I, I doubt this affected what he was thinking, but he was probably already on the outs trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And I was that's reading... An all pro, that's an all-pro pass rusher. 
Yeah, so, I was reading some so, of the replies <laughs> to that tweet, and mm-hmm. one that could possibly be a reason for it from the GM's perspective is letting him know, not saying it's right or wrong, but letting Jordan Hicks know, hey, this guy is like we drafted him in the first round. We expect him to be our starter. Um, maybe you want to try to figure out a place for you to go, similar to Chandler Jones, not saying it's right or wrong, but that is maybe an option for him at some point. But like you said, to put all the pressure on not only the organization for drafting this kid, but the kid himself, the first round pick that, you know, could be a bust. I don't know. know. It's just, it looks, it looks bad. It looks awkward. It looks unprofessional. It looks like we're moving, you're moving further and further away from the opportunity, giving players the opportunity to earn or keep a job. You're just handing it out. And it's just like, that's, that's just a participation trophy type of stuff. Cause you mean, it's, I don't know. That's, just, Dang, look, that's how, just me. Yeah, But that's just me. That's just me though. How does, uh, how does the Austin bill sound? Sounds disgusting. Ugh, Sounds, right. Have to, <laughs> look, <laughs> no cap. <laughs> I've been trying to think of like decent names, like in, in terms of like a, alliteration, but just stuff that would sound right. And I can't come up with nothing. Something that kind of sounds right because I've seen them all the time in Austin, the Austin armadillos. Like, yeah. I, outside of that, I don't, I don't know, bro. Like it just I feel like you gotta have that A, that A, A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, yeah. For those that don't know yeah. what we're talking about, uh, ESPN Seth Wiggerson replied to a tweet from buffalonews.com and it says, can New York afford financially and politically a $1.5 billion plan for bills? Bills are basically trying to get a new stadium and there's rumors that they're using this as leverage yeah. to try to, and we've seen this before with I hope, teams I hope this um, is all trying to get leverage from a relocation yeah, standpoint. Yeah, and so Seth Wickerson from ESPN says an ownership source tells me that Austin is a possible destination or threat as one of the other cities elsewhere that desire an NFL franchise and would pay handsomely for it. Now we know they just started a uh, MLS. Ain't nowhere nowhere that's going to fit. Like, come on, man. They just got a uh, MLS team, Austin FC, in the uh, Mopac area of Austin. But before we even get to all that, man, you're you're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, and we know one guy that will not probably yeah, like this and hap- try to block this from happening. And that that it man is Jerry Jones, because when we saw those rumors, you know, before Oakland moved to Las Vegas, the Raiders franchise, you know, there was rumors that the Raiders wanted to come to San Antonio, and right. one of the main opponents of that was Jerry Jones. Obviously, for the money aspect, <laughs> Cowboys dominating well, the Texas region, well. even with the Houston Texans down there. If and I could, if I could interject here, got a, yeah, go a caller on line one, Mr. Jones. Well, uh, I just, uh, I, I'd be saying, uh, you got to be bullshitting me, man. You think I'm going <laughs> to spit my profits with a third team in the state of Texas? Well, um, I, I just don't think there is any room for that, quite frankly. Now, <laughs> I, I, no, it's not happening. You, you talk about having to split your money two ways, right? You're yeah. making pretty good money losing the the way, the way that you are in the state of Texas. And you bring in a third team that's capable of winning, not only winning, but running a deep playoff run. Hell no. You gonna see so many Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry, Dallas Cowboys. You gonna see so many Dallas Cowboy fans flip flopping. It's like, oh no, I'm an Austin Bills. Ugh. I'm an Austin Bills fan. Like, it, 
obviously this is just a ploy for them to, you know, get what they want, their bargaining chip to get what they yeah. want. But essentially in an alternate universe somewhere, this is set in motion uh, that the Buffalo Bills are <laughs> they're hitting the transfer portal. They're coming down yeah. to Texas. What's so. so crazy? I forget that Buffalo is in the state of New York. For some reason, like I forget that because we have the New York Jets and Giants, but they play in New Jersey. And yeah. so Buffalo is literally the only NFL team in New York. And so, you know, money drop. Like, if they were to lose that franchise, like, the state would definitely be affected financially by that. So I feel like maybe they'll end up getting a deal as far as negotiating a contract for the stadium because I think they say the plan is $1.5 billion. Um, and... I was talking with, uh, I think Sean had mentioned this, like Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. fans are one of the top fan bases in the NFL yeah. as far Bills as loyalty to bro. their team. Yeah, loyalty Bills to their team. So they'll, they'll jump to like, the table for you, bro. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. So I feel like, you know, the uh, the state and Buffalo, the, the franchise will come to an agreement at some point on trying to get this done just for the sake of the state and sake of the fans because that like even I mean the Raiders were like the Raiders fan base was upset but Vegas is a spot that I think is perfect for that Raiders culture like Mm -hmm. if you can go anywhere but Oakland Vegas would I mean it's the perfect spot for the culture of the city and the culture of the fan base um, that the Raiders have and so Buffalo fits the Bills Mafia franchise perfectly. Like they're the only team in that state. Um, they embody like the toughness, the cold era of the you know the weather up there and the defense and stuff like that. So I think um like that's just something that's gonna work out one way or another as far as I, I think they'll get it done, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see, man. Hey, I I'll and you know this report did come from somebody from ESPN, but when I won't really believe uh, anything else until Schefter, like how we feel about Woj <laughs> NBA, if, if yeah. Schefter kind of sent a tweet and he ain't tweeting nothing about it, so yeah. I mean, obviously, it's just you know it, somebody somebody uh, in the front office there they put in a word to one of the little beat writers out there, and they're like, hey man, yeah. Hey man, yeah, tweet slide this. You, slide you two hundred dollars for your troubles. Make sure you get this in in your in your next little section yeah. of your, your newspaper. He's like, bro, I don't even work for the newspaper more. Right, here's three hundred more dollars. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep an eye on that as that as that progresses. But uh, Dane, yeah, your Buckeyes got some big hey, news this week, hey. man. We've been talking a lot about the NIL rule been in effect the last few months, and you know we've seen a lot of deals for athletes. But I think this is one of the first. Um, big time moves, and it is Quinn, Quinn Ewers. Ewers is how you pronounce his last name? Yeah, Quinn Ewers. You got from, him, uh, South Lake Carroll, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, South Lake Carroll. So, yeah, he is the number two prospect in the 22 class. He's foregoing his senior season in high school to enroll early at Ohio State, and he's going the, to go ahead and cash the, in the Ohio the State Ohio University State, and, Thank you. and enroll in the fall. And skipping the senior senior uh, senior season of high school, Dane, what you think, bro? I think it's dope, um, young man. The only thing better than decommitting from the University of Texas and committing <laughs> to the Ohio State University is making a big splash decision like this and going ahead and using 
the tools that you have, the, using the tools that have brought you so far to benefit yourself and not only that, but your family. Oh, I'm sure your family is not here for any money. But anyways, benefit yourself and set yourself up. In the especially coming from South Lake Carroll. <laughs> especially coming from Carroll, South, South Lake Carroll. So, I mean, I'm not against it at all. If anything, it speaks to the dedication and the drive that this young man has. And not only that, but you got to be smart as hell. Anybody who's anybody, don't try to downplay this and say, oh, you know, anybody can do you try graduating high school, you know, a, a month early or a semester early or even a your whole year early in this case. So I think it's dope. He's winning competition, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, obviously, there is an incentive uh, to get some money, but, you know, it is what it is. What my issue is that people that have a problem with this for the sake of this is ruining the moral fabric of the, uh, the last untouchable sport in this high school athletics. I'm like, first off, sit your old ass down. Get with the times. This man yeah, things are changing taking, for sure. <laughs> this man is not taking any money out of your pockets. Why are you shaking your fist at the clouds because it's raining? Like, chill. There's a hundred other things to get mad at and pissed off about that are unfair, but this certainly isn't one of them. Um, I see uh, uh, an extraordinary group of young athletes that are going to be trailblazers. In 10 years, we're going to be thinking back at this and thinking how stupid it was for people to criticize it. But obviously, I might have a different opinion about it because I am of the Ohio State Buckeyes nation. So it's it's different for me. But shout out to him, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what this kid has. And you know, hopefully it continues to usher in a continuous and consistent Dynasty of quarterbacks. This guy. No, I think uh, a consistent pipeline, if you will. Pause. uh, I I agree with you on the point that, like, as far as other people being affected by it, I mean, I mean, it's 2021. Things are changing, like with the NIL Mm -hmm. rule and things like that. We've been talking about for the past few episodes. Like, this is just one of those things. I don't think it'll definitely, I don't think it'll. Be, obviously, this won't be every single top prospect doing this. I mean, most mo- what I am surprised by is the fact that it was a decision. I mean, he he was thinking about the decision for a while, but the fact that it was made right before the season, like, mm. you know, today, it just for in Texas, high school football, um, 1A through 4A started today, and then 5A and 6A, I think, start next week. So I think just that decision so close to the season. Um, but I'm sure, it's, like, it's a tough decision going away early a year. Like, you're losing your whole senior year. You're going to college right now. I think that's a decision that should take a while. And so maybe that kind of factored into it. But, I mean, yeah, man, if you feel like you have the opportunity to go play ball now and get paid through NIL, why not? Like, things are changing. And like stuff like this, so good for him. Like that's all I have to say. Like it's here, here. The thing is, as a brand new parent, I've been a parent for a little less than two years. You gonna sit here and lie to me in my face and tell me that you wouldn't, if your son or your daughter had the opportunity to leave high school early, graduate early, and make anywhere between a few hundred thousand to possibly a million dollars by the time they're eighteen or nineteen years old? You mean to tell me you about to tell them no? For the sake of nobody else is doing it. Yeah. Really? And obviously we know here, I'm going to say this, you know, for the umpteenth time it's been said, money obviously isn't the measurement of success, but you'd be hard pressed to try to discourage your own kids from, you know, making a, getting a really good head start and not only building generational wealth, but 
just owning their own likeliness. <laughs> like, <Right>. So <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. You know, it is what it yeah. is. People are going to feel the way they want to feel. But at the same time, it's like, get with the times, dude. Yeah. 2021. Shout out to Quinn and the Buckeyes, man. Uh, it is August 2nd as we're recording this. By the time you hear it and by the time it hits all the DSPs, it'll be August 3rd, which means we only have five days left of the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. And mm. I've I've been trying to... I feel like it's gone by so quick, first of all. It's hard, bro. And I've been trying to... Like, a couple of mornings I woke up at, like at 515 to watch a mm-hmm. semifinal of one of the 100 meters like the uh um because I was following with Trayvon Bromel and he didn't make yeah. it to the finals unfortunately it's so that sucks for him. for him but um the the women's so 100 meter final man a Jamaican sweep bro is it is it anything like when I saw them all lined up like beforehand. I said top two <laughs> at least, and it was all three, bro. Yeah. Sweeping that hundred meter women's final. What'd you think? Yeah. So speaking of no, no one other than Elaine Thompson, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, yeah. and Shrika Jackson. Mm-hmm. I believe, but I the, obviously the 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 main sprinter that I'm the many of us are very familiar with. Uh, Shelly Ann Fraser Price. I my money was on her taking gold just because of how consistent and how strong she's gotten uh, just over the past few months in terms of preparing for Tokyo. But I obviously, you know, I have Jamaican roots, so this is a win win for me either way it goes. But I was, you know, pushing for Team USA. And it was a, you know, it was a very dim, uh, slight glimmer chance of hope for us, you know, placing. Uh, but at the same time, of course, you know, this is. I've been rooting for this team for many, many, many Olympic games now. So why change this year? Um, but it was, it was, it was dope to see, bro. Like, not only was it empowering for uh, for anyone that you know has any type of stake in Jamaica, but it was just empowering for uh, plenty of little black girls and uh, plenty of different brown girls across the world to see, like, hey, maybe that could be me one day. So it was dope. Um, I think they they showed out because. I mean, this is what they do. So I was, you know, I was happy for it. It was a little bittersweet. You know, I was hoping it would have went a different way, but I'm satisfied with the results and just how how many good, not only the good pictures of, like, the, the finishing of it, like, you know, they're all, you know, standing there with their medals and then with the Jamaican flags is dope as hell, but it's just, like, the imagery of, you know, these three superb athletes, you know, all that hard work paying off the way that it did, so. Shout out to yeah. them for, you know, it's been a tough it's been a tough go around for any of the athletes that happen to, you know, make the trip to Tokyo, but as well as the athletes that right. you know, didn't get to make it. So shout out to them. And, you know, hopefully this is just a, a continue uh, a continuous thing. We get to see a, a nice little rivalry between the, the United States and Jamaica because it's, you know, it's between the men's track yeah. team and then, of course, now the women's. It's just been it's been an amazing thing to watch. We still um, got the, the four, four by one coming up. Right. Do you know when mm, that is? I can't remember. I believe, uh, I'd have to check the schedule, but it's all strange, bro. Like I bear, I yeah. almost missed the freaking uh, two hundred. But if if it wasn't for the little notification I got when I downloaded the app, you download the app, the NBC. Well, you can, I think you can use their provider because you were YouTube, you were YouTube, right? YouTube TV. Yeah, I think if you download the NBC app, you can use your provider to determine basically what, what coverage you'll be able to see. And from there, you can mm-hmm. set up which notifications you want to get for when certain events are taking place. 
Um, okay. But yeah, it's really easy to miss something because of the times of day that they're doing this stuff. And then just, the you know, it's it's all jacked up. Having to wake up at 4, right. 5.30 sometimes to catch something that you want to watch. But it's... Yeah. If it's you cool. don't, if you want to catch it live, and then they'll yeah, come yeah. later on in the afternoon. I want to see our it time. before yeah. I Because you're going to get like, spoiled regardless on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to get spoiled. Like, I don't want to say, I'm like, damn, like, I just knew we were going to win that. And, like, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, on the men's side, 100 meter final, Italy, uh, Lamont Marcel Jacobs set a new European record as he claimed a, a victory in the men's 100 meter final at uh, the Tokyo Olympics with a time of 9.8. And yes, uh, man, he he's actually from Texas, man. He was yeah. born in El Paso and uh, spent his first two years there, I believe. So shout out to Lamont Marcel Jacobs on the men's side. Of course, my pick to to win it before Tokyo started was Trayvon Mel from Baylor, yeah. but he didn't make it Same to here. the uh, to the final. So unfortunate for him, but you know, in three years in Paris, you know, he bounce back and get there. And I feel like in Paris. The, yeah. In, in Paris. <laughs> Dang, do you remember those old track and field games, bro? Yeah. These about the ones with the wear out the controllers, bro. Yeah. Yes. I remember. Yes. I they, put they, the controller against my leg and stand up like this because it was easier for me to do. Yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really yeah man. So uh, staying in the Olympics, man, last episode, we talked about team USA struggling. And since that time, they have not lost. They won the final two games against Iran and Czech Republic. And so they qualified for the knockout stage and tonight. So by the time you guys hear this recording, we will know whether or not they defeated Spain, who is um, Spain and USA are top two ranked teams worldwide. And so we'll see if they can hold off Spain. It's going to be a tough one. With the, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I seen one young cat that took on Spain. I mean, not by itself, obviously, but I seen one young cat that did pretty well against Spain. And, you know, surely if he could do it, and the U.S. can. So, yeah. You might talking be, about the same be, cat? You might be familiar with this guy. He's an up and coming baller. You might have heard about the kid, but Luke, he's. Luke, Luca! Yeah. Y'all gonna have to bring that bag, too. Show that yeah. man some love and bring him some help because. With the yeah. stuff that he's doing, I mean, I know we didn't have this in the notes. I apologize. I'm getting ahead of myself, but oh, you fine. I am not a Maverick. I'm not a Maverick fan by any means, but living in the DFW area, it's, it's really hard to avoid any of the admiration and the spectacle that is uh, Luka Doncic. So it's it's dope that he's not only ripping for his his homeland, but at the same time, he is he out there getting buckets, bro. So as I'm watching him, him getting a bucket right now, <laughs> I was. Uh, they are playing Germany in the first round of the knockout stage. They're up. Slovenia's up 60 to 49 in the third with three minutes as we're recording this. So it looks like they'll be moving on to the to the <laughs> semifinal stage. Yeah. Over. Looks like they'll be moving on, man. But I think, uh, over. Yeah, as far as the USA is concerned, man, Kevin Durant, I think we mentioned this last episode, him kind of taking that role as obviously the best player on that team. And the last game against Czech Republic, he went on to set the record for most Olympic points scored in U.S. history. And he dominated the game. Like, he's a seven-foot... Like, when he is on, there's nobody that can stop this guy. Should have been like that. Like, by the yeah. time, brother. And <laughs> so, yeah. If, if I mean, it's all riding on him whether they want to, you know, get gold How or go for gold. How great do they want to be? How great right, do they exactly. want to be, Deontay? That's and, it. Like, and it's so... Will he be able to 
take on that mantle per se and carry this team because without without Kevin Durant, they're they're not gonna do anything. So as far as Kevin Durant goes, that's how the team goes. And tonight they're facing Spain. So by the time you guys hear this recording, we'll know whether they advance to the semifinal stage. But with that, we will go to Nerdy News segment brought to you by our guy, Keith, providing the music. Um, First story, Dame. Marvel's Black Widow star Scarlett Johansson has filed a lawsuit over the film's release on Disney+. A new report claims that Johansson filed the lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court, alleging that Disney breached her contract for Black Widow when it released the film both in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access, the premium addition to Disney Plus that allows users to pay upward of $30 to stream select new movies at the same time they're out in theaters. Scarlett is claiming that since her pay for Black Widow was heavily based on box office performance, the Disney Plus release is actually cutting into her profits for the film. Obviously, it's grimy as hell. Uh, yeah, I, I, we already <laughs> talked about this off mic, but that's look, that's dirty macking. If I ain't never seen some, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's. that's- I- I just want to say, like, I, I started to think about the news, and I'm like, dang, why is she just not saying this now? Obviously, it's it would have been bad press to to come yeah. out with this, obviously, before the movie came out, and so you want to see... Had to, get a little, wanna, had to get a little bit of her bag before she came right, out. Like, hey, man. Right. And so, my first thing is, like, dang, man. Like, you would think Disney would want to combine, because everything is weird with the with the... COVID, obviously, and them releasing right. at the same time. We've seen it with HBO Max and all the movies that HBO Max has dropped, or WB has dropped oh, simultaneously in theaters and HBO Max, but you would think like the profits that they get from the Disney Plus subscriptions would count towards, or some kind of, kind of leverage or negotiation where that money would be the same, not the same, but like count towards, yeah, like the box office money. So right. it's kind of weird to where they were, like where that wasn't a part of the deal, and so that's why I was confused. But I know you about to go off. Listen, man, I might not be the biggest fan of Scarlett Johansson, but wrong is wrong, and right is right. To try to pull this little stunt, I'm like, you know what? I figure I can make a little, make a little extra coin. Look, the Disney family, they're not hurting. They're not missing a meal. Look, you can say what you want to say. Excuse me. You can say what you want to say. Oh, she's already a millionaire. She doesn't need any more money. Or like, you'd be hard pressed if your job tried to pull some mess like this on you. If you were guaranteed to get X amount of profits from one way or one avenue. And then your your boss decided to turn on. You know what? I feel like I can get a little bit more money. Let's try this and undercut you. You you'd be hard pressed to say, you know, hey, this ain't right. But without being, you know, having any type of law degree or any background or understanding these types of contracts or these types of cases or what could possibly happen, this looks like it's wrong. Obviously, I don't. More is going to come out in the future, but. 
As yeah, Disney did come out. Just, it's cold. What? Oh, they came out saying something? Yeah, let me find it. Disney issues response to Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow lawsuit, calling it sad and distressing. Disney is responding to Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. In a statement, Disney has basically indicated that Johansson's lawsuit is meritless, stating there's no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Ms. Johansson's contract. And furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the 20 million she has received to date. <laughs> they say, hey, take your little funky $20 million. You had the opportunity to get money with us. And, you know, how dare you call us out in the midst of this pandemic that we've, of course, exploited so many people and made money off the backs of these folks. I can't pull up the tweet now, but there was a uh, tweet that somebody was kind of ripping Disney for this response as far as talking, blaming it on COVID. And uh-huh. then it was like a side by side of this response. And then the other side was an article how Disney cut like a whole bunch of employees like the Disney World employees and yes, stuff yeah. but but brought <laughs> like the contracts of the higher ups like they received their you know full contracts extra, that were pre-pandemic right yeah, so man. I don't know man I, I think it's shady as well just it's unfortunate as a fan because I mean we kind of figured Black Widow was her last hurrah you know in the mcu Mm -hmm. but with you know stories like what if and we talked about loki and the you know multiverse opening up there's always that possibility (laughs) of her coming back (laughs) but yeah exactly it's hard to kind of see her coming back to a marvel project in the future why would you want right. to come back and you've been disrespected like that on your right? And you're tour? suing. It's kind of like the suing kind of puts the nail in the coffin on that end. And apparently, Kevin Feige is upset with Disney as well as far as the handling of this. Um, so it's kind of so unfortunate awkward. to see. So yeah, awkward. man. Um, it's kind of like That's right awkward. now. It looks like a he said, she said kind of thing. Like, hey, we paid you for this. No, you didn't. Kind of thing. So who who's who knows what really went down? But it's still unfortunate at the end of the I day, do. especially as a fan <laughs> fan to kind of <laughs> sit back and kind of wonder if a certain character is definitely over with the MCU. But um, Marvel's What If is coming out August 11th. We've kind of went back and forth over the last few days and episodes about whether it's canon to the MCU, Dane, and you think it's canon. I believe so, Deontay. I believe so. I agree with you. So it's, for me at least, there there are too many coincidences with this whole thing. With us not knowing, obviously we know from the little teaser that we got, a few months back, the little teaser we got a few months back during, I forgot what showcase it was, but we had an idea of what it could possibly be. But there was no way, shape or form that anybody could have predicted the magnitude of what the multiverse could have turned into before WandaVision concluded and before Loki concluded. With that being said, the importance that we're going to get, and not only the importance, but the the level of detail that they can go into with this particular show that already has a confirmed season two, um, Hmm. there's no way, there is no way for us not to speculate right now that this is canon. I believe this is canon. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we've heard an official word from um, who? Somebody in Disney 
or somebody associated with Marvel confirmed that it was definitely going to be canon because of the the nature in which you know Loki ended with. I know. I know. For me, I did not think it was canon because it was animated, and I couldn't see the connection between live action and animation and how they Come were going to make that Come happen. On, I, I, yeah, that, I, I, I can admit it. Man. I couldn't see man. like obviously this is before WandaVision and Loki and all the multiverse stuff that we have seen thus far like you mentioned but um, I'm excited to see a, a lot of the uh, reporters and people that get access to Disney properties and Marvel properties early have seen like the first few episodes and they said it's crazy and mm-hmm. going to be a great series thus far I think it's going to be 10 episodes um, but I think like Marvel at this point, Marvel Studios in question, separate from the Disney lawsuit kind of thing, they can do no wrong as far as dropping projects at this point. And I think we're still feeding off the 2020 MCU list year where we didn't have any, you know, kind well, of content we're, we're, to. We are eating really right. good. We are eating yeah, really good. Eating really good. Well, I got what if, got uh more Shang-Chi footage that's coming out in about a month, a month from when this episode is released, September third. And we have uh, a date for Hawkeye it coming in November. We got trailer. Eternals. Spider Man trailer coming up at some point. That movie, hopefully, you know, COVID's ramping back up, so hopefully that doesn't affect the movie coming out as far as the release date. Uh, but yeah, what if it's going to be one of those projects that we sit back and kind of marvel, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, marvel how amazing it is and kind of think about it, how we, like for me at least, how I thought about Loki going into it, like the first couple episodes where it was just like, bro, it's it's about to get kind of wild. And so it's interesting because one of the rumors going out, Dana, I don't know if you've heard it, is that, you know, we've seen in the what if um, trailer footage that we see Captain Carter. Um, but what if scenario if Peggy Carter got the serum instead of Steve Rogers and there's rumors that uh, she is going to be a part of the MCU through the multiverse, like the live action version of Captain Carter. Oh. And so that could be an outcome of this series, depending on how they take it into the multiverse. And then I don't know if you remember that scene in Loki from episode one where he got pruned. She was, a, she was arrested. Yeah, so the, there's a figure. If people that haven't heard, there's a. If you go back to episode one of Loki, right, right when he gets pruned and taken into the TVA, there's a scene where in the background there's a character that looks like Peggy Carter, you know, also being taken into the TVA as well. And so people are trying to make that connection that that could possibly be her. And with the rumors of her possibly being a live action character, that kind of fits in with that theory. So it'll be interesting to see how how that comes out, man. But that's, that's coming out August 11th. So a week from Wednesday. And, I, and another thing I like, I like the Wednesday releases yeah, of the better. Marvel project. Yeah. Better. I feel like, I feel like for one, <laughs> yeah, I yes. think it comes out, it comes back around so quick than it did with, yeah. uh, WandaVision. And cause the Falcon, no Falcon and Winter Soldier was on Fridays too. Yeah. So it yeah. felt like those, Took forever to get back Loki around. In the middle of the week was a W, bro. Yeah. So yeah, they're doing that with w. every project now. Every Marvel Studios project will be, or the shows will be out on Wednesday. So yeah, that I don't know why that is. I think maybe the weekend, day, like bro. right after the weekend. Yeah, day, you just like 
Yeah, <laughs> you're right if back you to get, it. Look, if you can make it through basically Wednesday at 10 o'clock, if you can make it to 10 one, you're fine. The rest of your week is yeah. pretty much over because you're already the, the roller coaster is already starting to pick up that steam. Uh-huh. And just, ah! So you you good. You in there. Yeah, we're going to be all right. We're going to make it. The uh, the last story, man, Venom 2 trailer just released yesterday. And man. Venom Let There Be Carnage, that is, with uh, Woody Harrelson playing Carnage. And hey, man, it looks crazy. It looks crazy. But one thing, I, well, first, what did you think about the trailer? I loved it. Um, from... The CGI look. I, I got to talk to Brody to see to pick his brain on how yeah. he feels about the CGI. <laughs> yeah. He's my barometer in terms of if the CGI is good or bad. Because to me, oh, it looks good. Looks the same to me. Looks yeah, good. but to uh, him, yeah, I'm not oh, good at you that. Can just tell around the look, look right right beside the hairline is just unfitting CGI. His right sweat, there. his sweat <laughs> is pouring at an angle that is not correct. We love you, Brody. <laughs> yeah, my dog Brody, like he is. Uh, how's he, uh, how did he say it in the, the episode? Was like, he's a, he's a, a movie uh, savant. He's a movie yeah. savant now. So that, that particular thing, like it, he plays very close in the attention to detail that he has with things like that is impressive. And the way he broke it down, uh, just his, his appreciation, appreciation that he has for it. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get you a friend like Jordan Brody because that, that man, he knows his stuff. Um, but I loved what I was looking at the idea that we can possibly live in a universe or watch movies in a universe. Where we have this character in the same universe as Spider-Man. The idea of that being the possibility. Yes. Yeah. It's right. Awesome. Um, and you're still yeah. waiting for that connection where like everything we've seen, like we mentioned with the multiverse mm-hmm. and everything that happened in that last episode of Loki and what we're going to get in Spider-Man far from home and what we're going to get in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like it makes those Sony projects that much more on a pedestal. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I will say, and I I agree with you about the trailer and being excited for it, but with COVID ramping back up, it seems like Sony, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but they didn't put the release date of Venom 2 in the trailer. I don't know if you noticed that. Because yeah. um, it's scheduled to release, I think they had it at November, but they they mm-hmm. didn't put a release date in the trailer as you know in theaters November blah blah blah, and so right. it's kind of interesting to see if they it was kind of a uh, an intentional move with you know everything kind of being crazy again with COVID or you know or is just it just you know we just didn't just put it in up. and uh, that kind of makes me think like because you know we ex- everybody expecting that. Um, Far from home trailer, you know, that's that has, I mean, Sony's in control of that marketing, yeah. And well, yeah, that makes me think because Sony's in control of that marketing, not Marvel, because it's a Sony property still. And so that kind of made me think, like, okay, what the way they're handling this Venom trailer, they're being super careful with Far from Home as far as having expectations because, right as of right now, it's supposed to release this year, December, December. um of this year so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks leading up to it but yeah that that trailer at least give us a little footage that's what i'm saying but um i don't know man i hope that things don't get delayed but you never know man yeah bro we're gonna see i'm excited yeah. though i love what i saw in the trailer i'm just interested to see how carnage comes to be um in this particular yeah. 
uh, this particular iteration. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm curious. I don't really buy the whole I bite you on the hand and the, the blood itself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I can't I can't because in the com Venom knows who Carnage is in the comics and it's like the interactions that well, yeah. obviously there is a possibility of misdirection, but the interactions they had in the trailer, it's like Venom has no idea who this guy is, and it's like that's not how that worked. But yeah. We can wait to yeah, see. You know, I'm not gonna pick the I'm not the gonna movie, pick it apart, but yeah, it's just you know. Yeah. The the origins, the movie adaptations always try to kind of do their own spice on how they want to do it and they, stuff like they that. So have to stick to the source material. Okay? Yeah. They're not sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But that's that's all we got for episode 56 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. Make sure you like this video on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars on Apple. Give us a great review on Apple. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everybody you know that the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast is where to be to get all your information on things, all things sporty, all things nerdy. And we're going to keep rocking with y'all, man. Dane, anything to say for the people before we get out of here? Slow clap. All right. Oh, all right, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I was going to say, man, uh, Netflix just uh, put Friday Night Lights back on. The series, again? and I want to. I have like the urge to watch time. it again. <laughs> I got to do my <laughs> annual Friday Night Lights wa- uh, rewatch. <laughs> I always want to watch it around August. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, man, you gonna, gonna watch that mess? You gonna end up on somebody's flag football team with a sore calf muscle because you thought she was like, <laughs> trying to be like trying to relive the glory days, bro? Do you now. still have dreams about being on high school football team at Colleen? Every once in a while, this strange. I do it's, like, it's so strange. It's like, dang, I'm on the bench again. <laughs> <laughs> you a fool, man. You a fool. I always have like this thing that, like this, it be in my head. Knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. Oh man, we gonna get out of here, man. Episode fifty six of the duo. Derek Johnson, Lawrence Taylor episode. We out this thing. <laughs>